Welcome, everyone, to episode one of season two of Ultra Hope Girls, a Dong and Rumpa podcast. We are so excited to get started on this second season with a whole new game. This episode, we will be going through chapter one of Goodbye Despair, and it is going to be the first episode of a two-part special. So just so you know, this episode will spoil chapter one, Goodbye Despair. We're so happy that you're here, and we can't wait to get started. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Dong and Rumpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. All right, guys. We are here. We are with game two. And let me tell you... We're jazzed to get to talk about game two, finally. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So exciting. My favorite game in the series, I will say. I've played all of them now, and this one is my favorite. I'm really excited to replay it. Like, I kind of sped through this game because I was like, I love Danganronpa content. I got to see more. I got to get through this game. I think I finished it in, like, two weeks. It was incredible. You did. um, You finished it really fast. You did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it took me and... And the person I played it with, like, four months to finish it. I mean, it took a very long time because we took our sweet time. And when you were like, I'm done, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I literally, I would, like, text them pictures of, like, the end of the case. And I'd be like, guys, look, another case done. Another day, another case. (laughs) (laughs) Another day, another murder. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a good game. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to like really dig into it though. Oh Me yeah, too. so excited to talk about this game. Who wants to start us off with the well, intro to this? this Marin can. I was gonna just like go through sort of like a first couple series of events, and then we can kind of delve. Um, yeah. yeah. So I have you know you wake up, Nagito's hovering over you, you know, and uh, <laughs> but at this point we don't know it's Nagito. It's just some weird strange boy. Um, <laughs> And then it sort of flashbacks to like you at the school door and then you, you know, faint or something happens, classic uh, Danganronpa intro. And then you enter a classroom where there are a bunch of strange students there and you're like, okay, I don't know any of you. And then, you know, Usami, the magical miracle girl Usami shows up and (laughs) they talk about going on a school trip um, led by Usami. Who can I just give a shout out to Rebecca Forstat for this voice acting? Like a queen. She's a queen. Yeah, absolutely. So we find out that you are a part of the 77th class at Hope's Peak Academy, which is insane because that means that there are literally at least 1,248 different talents. That's crazy. I mean, like, I think sometimes fangams that come out struggle to come up with new talents, and they're creating 16. So the idea that there are over 1,200 is insane to me. I mean, how obscure do they have to get here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and the, the only repeat we see at this point is the ultimate lucky student one, which I guess maybe it's there's one per every class, like a, a random lottery drawing that happens to put one lucky student in each class but other than that there are no repeats so yeah can you imagine a reunion between all 78 lucky students oh my my god God. (laughs) like wow what a room (laughs) 
That would be a wild room. I have to also say, um, so when you walk in, right, you have all these new students that you've never seen before, except there is one familiar face, which we do see, which is Biakia, who has gained a couple pounds since we last, uh, last saw him. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh my gosh, I needed to, to bring that up too, because, and, um, I, well, but before I get into that, I wanted to say something real quick about, um, what Marion just brought up with like the 77th class is that the, um, trigger happy havoc folks are the 78th class. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a class of students that is before, so older than the trigger happy havoc people. And we don't know like chronologically when this is happening in regards to the first game, but that is also an interesting note but yes very true Byakuya is has reappeared and I have to say um listeners I actually played this game first so I played this game before I played Trigger Happy Havoc and obviously (laughs) that meant that when I saw Byakuya it meant nothing to me I was not I there was no recognition I didn't know who this guy was (laughs) Um, but I wanted to ask you guys like he doesn't introduce himself by name until like they get to, I guess the beach or whatever. But when you saw him, like at the very beginning, did you immediately recognize him? Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I actually wrote as a note, Byakuya with six question marks. What you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) And like, I like, I, I had this written as a question for you guys too. Like, what did you think of that? Like, I don't really know what I thought. I think I was kind of like, Oh, I mean, okay. I I didn't, like, think anything of it, really. I was like, I guess. But also, it made me question, I was like, if this is the 77th class, and then he was in the 78th class, then what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, we see in this, like, kind of pre-meeting everyone that we are Hajime, Hajime Hinata, who is my favorite protagonist. Oh, I love him. He's, like, kind of frustrating sometimes because he can be very stubborn but at the same time he to me possesses a realness or I don't know maybe that's not really true more of like a likability I think I am in that both you also Marin Hajime though I'm not I tend to not be a fan of protagonists in games or anime often he is one that I think he Makoto it's like he's nauseatingly like good and then Hajime, it's like, he's just a regular guy, mm-hmm. you know, like he, and he's just here and that's ha- what's happening. And I, I kind of appreciate that, that he's not like, <laughs> that's I'm what's happening. good, not hope. Okay, we're done. Makoto's not here. Caroline, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Thank God. I feel like he, I like him better as a protagonist than Makoto. Um, especially a lot in the way that he reacts to what's happening, because I think his reactions are more realistic than Makoto's. I think Makoto was like in denial of a lot of things like, no, this isn't possible. Like, and like, everything's going to be fine. Like hope, blah, blah, blah. But I think Hajime is a lot more realistic in that he's actually really freaked out by what's going on. I also really like Hajime's internal monologue. Um, I think the writing in this game, when you see his like thoughts and whatnot is, I just think the writing is so good. Can I just also like, this is, I mean, like now this is getting into a a point, which I'm sure we were going to talk about anyway, but like comparing the first and the second kind of beginnings. um, And, you know, a lot of people really, really love, okay. So people who love the first game over the sequels, what they love about it is that it's very grounded and the characters feel more real 
than in I'll just say this game than in this game um but it's kind of ironic that the protagonist in a way feels more authentic than the protagonist from the first game so now it's like kind of the opposite um dynamic which is kind of interesting um I agree completely yeah yeah and I mean I think in the first game we see characters who have talents um whereas in the second game it is talents in the embodiment of a person. And so it's like, like if you took the ultimate breeder, who would you see? And it's Gundam. <laughs> Whereas in the first game, it was like, okay, so we have this guy and he's like aloof and kind of like, I'm better than everyone else, but has like a more sensitive side and dates Caroline Oruela. And um, <laughs> we're obviously talking about Byakuya here, but oh, um, yeah, but, yeah um, but you know what I mean? So it kind of, it's a very much a different take on how a talent would present itself in a person. I don't know if I fully agree with that. I don't know. I feel like there are some characters in the first game that are embodiments of their talents. And I feel like there are a lot of characters in the second game that have more to them than just their talents, but we'll see as the game progresses. True, true. What more the characters have to offer. Yeah. <laughs> so we see Hajime um, kind of go into Hope's Peak Academy and get that like whirlpool looking graphic. You know, he kind of freaks out. And that right there, like that scene with the thing where it goes like, always, 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 really, really reminded me of Doki Doki Literature Club, which, yes, yes, came out years after. I think that was, what, 2017, 2019, Doki I don't Doki? Know. But this game came out in 2012, so it was not a reference. But <laughs> it reminded me so much of the get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head in, like, Doki Doki. And I just, oh, wow. I was like, wow, I gotta write that reference down. <laughs> yeah, the glitchiness. It made me think my computer was broken for a second when I was playing that game. It's, it was not. It was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the only other thing I have from that is that he sees the door and he's like, it's a door. And it reminded me of <laughs> Nancy Drew, the Nancy Drew games where she'd click on things and go, it's locked. Like, <laughs> it's so just like, yep. All right. Yes. Yes. That's right. What, what a, what a observant Hajime we have. <laughs> an observant <laughs> oh also can we just talk about like this game so immediately in the first game you, you get like the vibes you're like "Ooh, this is spook town like there are bars in the windows this game it's like the beginning is so overly joyful that it's like nauseating and it's like you know something's gonna happen because it's almost too perfect like it's like you know, and obviously it's yeah. not Usami, it's Monokuma rolling in. It's, you know, Usami's just there for the ride. We don't really know what's going on with her, really. So, like, you know, it's just interesting. Like, and it's almost creepier knowing that something is coming that is so dark amongst all of this, like, tropical, like, beauty and hanging out, yeah. being friends. Um, yeah. It's kind of similar to doki doki actually um i was just gonna say that yeah Yeah. because doki doki starts off and i'm not gonna spoil doki doki because i highly recommend the game to everyone but um unless you are scared of things then play with a friend um but (laughs) (laughs) but it starts off and you're just a student at a school and you need to join a club and everyone wants you to join their club you know which club will you join (laughs) la 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 (laughs) and then it just 
progressively gets different, I'll say. Um, so yeah, that's uh, pretty similar. Yes. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Marin, you probably are, know this, but I think Doki Doki means like, is a term for like something cutesy it or is. innocent. Yeah. And it's, it's like the, the beginning of this game, like goodbye despair, I would say is like Doki Doki. It's, it's like a cutesy, like fun, happy, everyone's happy, blah, 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 except for Hajime, who's sitting over here like, what the hell is going on? And literally faints on the beach because he's so confused. That would be me, y'all. Tag yourself. <laughs> oh um, my god. That would but be. I also, I won't reveal whether I was right or wrong because we don't know yet. Have to find out towards the end of the game. But I was convinced that Usami was going to be evil and like turn into like a demon beast that would just devour us all. Cause I was like, she's too cute. She's too nice. She's like this little stuffed rabbit. I'm like, it's going to go all Monty Python on us. And this rabbit is going to devour us. I was like, I don't trust it. <laughs> I didn't trust it either. And I think that the game does a good job of kind of pushing that, you know, because they create a cutesy, icon which is the same as monokuma and so you're kind of like i don't want to trust this because i know what happened last time i saw the cute bear you know like <laughs> i have one more thing because marin since you brought up monokuma this is this might be a little too off topic but have either of you seen the beta monokuma design oh, oh my, my god it's yes. so creepy it's horrifying it's terrifying i don't know if i would have played the game if it had looked like that yeah <laughs> it was no way. weird it's for our listeners who haven't seen it, it the beta monokuma design is like it was like a little person who like half of him was like a person and half of him was like the body parts of like a model that you'd see in like medical school where you're seeing like the internal organs and it's like split down the middle and it's super creepy <laughs> it's my sleep paralysis monster <laughs> i mean okay. yeah no so i actually have a couple more points um all right so the first thing is that when it opens the classroom opens up um monami says out where it's better out where it's wetter out by the sea which i think is a little mermaid reference unless yes. i'm mistaken okay you know <laughs> all right cool cool that was kind of fun i was like wow that's nice um <laughs> the second thing is that she says that's why we're here having a trip in the first place to forget hope's peak when hajime is like hey like why are we here? Like, shouldn't we be at school? And she's like, forget about it. And so that's kind of interesting. Nagito actually replies to that. And he says, perhaps you brought us to this island to kill each other. And I was yeah. like, who's this? <laughs> I was what? like, what does he know? Right. Does he know anything? Or is this just a random way that the Rampa creators are poking fun at themselves? Like, I don't <laughs> know. But I didn't, I was sus of Nagito in that moment. It's funny you bring that up because I he says a couple other things like throughout this first part of the game that are very like, bro, that's a little weird. Like, why are you just casually talking about dying? Like, you yeah. know, and I thought about it and I was like, the reason why he did that, like in hindsight, and obviously this is like all in this chapter, we find this out, like he's the ultimate lucky student and he relies on his luck. And so he doesn't have a problem like saying things like that because to him, it's just like, oh, I'm lucky, so are we all going to kill each other? Cool beans, let's just see how far my luck takes me, kind of thing, you know? All right, are we ready to talk about who's here? 
Yes, the people. Yes. Yes. And if we want, we could start with Nagito because he's the first one that we meet. Let's do that. Let's just go like location by location. So we start beach. Nagito is our our assistant. And it's interesting that in the first game, it was a female assistant and then she dies. And then in this game, it's a male assistant who looks like Makoto. Does he? I thought when I saw him, I was like, he looks like Makoto. I, I gotta share some fun facts here about Nagito. I actually, like, saw a couple Let's Plays just out of curiosity, like, seeing how other people were reacting, and some of them picked up on this, and some of them didn't. Obviously, I didn't, because this is the first game that I played. So, but Nagito is one, as a character, literally a reference to Makoto Nayagi. His voice actor is the same. He's the ultimate lucky student. I agree with you, Caroline. He looks a little bit the same. and. His name, Nagito Kumayada, is an anagram of Makoto Nayagi Da, which means I am Makoto Nayagi. That's awesome. I love that. Blows my mind. Whatever that means, we don't know yet, but that was crazy to me. They also both use online message boards, like to research (laughs) everyone who's coming to the school. I was like, wow. (laughs) That's true. I also won't say if, whether I was right or wrong, but I, from the beginning of this game, I was convinced that Nagito was like Makoto in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> in disguise. In disguise. Oh, because he's like obsessed with hope. Yeah. Too, in like a weird mm-hmm. way. Like he's, he's just one big reference to him. So it's like, is he Makoto? Is he like a twisted version of Makoto? Is he... Yeah. The only other person quote-unquote we meet at the beach is ourselves in that we don't know our talent that's what we learn there yeah mm-hmm. yeah can't remember it hmm yeah. very suspicious mm, interesting. <laughs> call us kyoko kirigiri am i right right yeah, yeah. we kind of talked about biakia already um that's at the park the only person we meet there also one thing that i absolutely love is that he completely accepts his weight like he is not the type of person who gets offended when people are like hey buddy you're overweight he's like like Hyoko um who we meet in a little bit um she says she calls him Mr. Ham Hands and Hajime's like that is so rude and he's literally like why do you think that's rude she simply made an accurate observation and like (laughs) called me on it that I think is just so perfect because Oh, I don't know. He's just like, he takes it as it is. Like, he's like, yeah, I gained weight. And? And it's like, oh, man, it's like the perfect thing to do against a bully where you just take on what they're saying, you know, and just make it your own. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Up next, we got the airport where we meet Kazuichi and Gundam. (laughs) <laughs> so this actually this probably is a good time i i don't know if you guys know this i my um one of my friends who's really into anime told me about this so there is a stereotype in um anime or like a trope i guess not stereotype a trope called a chumbiu it, it is this so there's this thing called eighth grade syndrome and it's where you're older or like you're in high school but you still have the imaginary world of an eighth grader or a young person and you imagine magic and amazing things around you and I never put two and two together until I watched the anime Chumbiu but like 
you know, the main protagonist in that, who is a Toonbi, who has like a patch over her eye and he has the scar and it, he fits like that trope very well. And so I actually didn't know. Gundam, Toonbi, baby. Now, does it have to be believed magical powers or can they actually be real? Because it's, question. it's almost oh, always yes. believed. Mm, I don't know if uh, that fits him then. <laughs> you think Gundam we'll has magical powers, Marin? I think he can talk to animals. <laughs> I think we've seen that. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then the other person we meet is Kazuichi Soda, who I don't think any of us really loved. He makes a lot of references to other games, which is kind of a popular trope. Like if you're a big anime fan and someone references a lot of the anime you like, then that can be very popular. You know, like it's like, oh, wow, he understands me. But I didn't really like him. Yeah, especially with the vibe with Sonya later. That I wasn't a fan of. Um, (laughs) And I don't know why that is because... In a way, it reminds me a little bit of the vibe between Toko and Byakuya in the first game. And so I'm calling myself on my own hypocrisy. I think it was just like a little weirder to me for some reason. Maybe it's his facial features. Like he's kind of got really pointy teeth. Like he looks a little more like an animal. I don't know. <laughs> shark teeth. <laughs> shark, shark he's teeth. shark boy. <laughs> shark. Where's Lava Girl? <laughs> Wait, he literally looks like the child of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. New headcanon. Guys, Kazuichi Soda, the child of Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I think we need to end the episode there. I mean, what else can we find? All right, bye everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow, I love that. Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of my take on him. Next is the mini-mart, where we meet Mikon and Ibuki. Mikon! (laughs) I love Mikon. I always have loved Mikon. She's so cute. I love her. Ultimate nurse. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, Baron. You found your doppelganger. I but, am the odd one out in this trio here. I am not a Mekon fan. I loved her. I think the second she was ultimate nurse, I was very biased. Um, I'll again <laughs> admit that. Um, but at the same time, her autopsy and, like, she's a very valuable character. Like, yeah. yes. it's hard to argue against that without... She's basically... In a way, the Kyoko of this yes. game. I actually had that as a note as well. I was going to say, I don't love Mikan as a character, but I have to give her props for the role that she plays because without her, they would have all died. They would not have figured out this case. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So yeah, anyway, so I love her. She's a queen. Yeah, um, but I respect I that. I think <laughs> that all three of us love the next person, which is Ibuki Miyota. My- Yoda. <laughs> she's so cute. And her introduction was she's like, E, Buki, me, oh, da! <laughs> and also, Ibuki's voice actress, Julie, we love you. Girl, Thank you kill you. it. Literally, when she makes talks about how she was in a super popular high school band, I my, the first thing I thought was Sayaka. Yes! Like, was she one of Sayaka's bandmates? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Literally, Hajime says, that sounds familiar, which I think is the game poking fun at, like, itself, or not yes. poking fun, but letting you know, yep. <laughs> All right, we ready to move to the farm? Are we Let's ready? What a squad on the farm. What a squad. Oh, yeah. We got Akane and Hyoko. All right, Akane. Let's hit her first. I oh, loved man. her. I, I, yeah, I, I, t- I wrote here that Akane has the personality of a chocolate lab. 
literally Thoughts? wow like, i mean so yeah loves to eat but also will like love you but also will beat you up if you are bullying her or the person yeah. they love like i love her she's like just blatantly not listening to anything i mean she's like <laughs> off in her own world she's like in three times in the trial i know this is skipping ahead but it's just her personality she's like someone's gonna die like she's like <laughs> like she's not even like yeah same, like universe as everyone else like yeah. zero brain cells <laughs> every time she tunes in though she's like i'm just gonna go with my gut here and like gets it right every time i have a funny story to share about akani it's not really a story but it's just a funny fact that when i was first playing through this game i remember like texting caroline about this because i was convinced that akane was a werewolf and that she was gonna like come out and like have some transformation because okay (laughs) hear me out hear me out not only is she obsessed with food she like drools over food and shovels it into her face and like she's always hungry for like meat and whatever and she also has like that crazy sense of smell i mean this is jumping ahead to the murder, but when the murder happens and they have not yet found the body, she smells the blood and can tell where it's coming from. And I'm like, girl, what? And then she has that one sprite where I know this is a podcast. I can't show you the visual, but where she's like, (laughs) ah, like she's really angry. And she like, it literally looks like she has claws and fangs in that one sprite. And I was like, Caroline, is Akane a werewolf? And Caroline (laughs) literally just responded like, LOL. Yeah. And I was like, she is. And I was like, no, like I was joking. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a thing. You're valid. I just think it's iconic. Like Me too. I mean, maybe she is. You know? We don't know. Connie is a werewolf. It's canon now. It's canon. Um, that's like our new quote. Like just determining things are canon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our brand, right? Because I we love decided it. they are. <laughs> that's right. All right. We ready for Hyoko? You wanna take it, Caroline? I'm Hiyoko Sanji. Like, she is so, oh my god. I hate Hiyoko, but I love to hate her, and that is why she exists, you know? Yeah. First impression was not good for Hiyoko. Ultimate traditional dancer. We've got... Squish, uh, squish! Yeah, can we talk about, like, why she just, like, squishes insects for fun, but also is, like, a, tra- a traditional dancer? <laughs> like, shame? She, I Okay, I honestly think that it's a little bit of the creators of the game poking fun at the Lolita character, which, if you don't know, is a trope of a character who looks very young and is over-sexualized. Um, and she literally says, men are my fans all over the world. Like, everyone loves me. But then she really pokes fun at it because she is not a cutesy character. She murders things for fun. Like, she is, yeah, not not really that trope but I kind of love that they poked fun at that because I personally think that it's a very inappropriate trope personally not a fan of the Lolita trope um yeah so I was kind of like all right mad respect we are gonna take a quick break but before we go um we want to hear from you what were your thoughts on the first 
trial of this game. Um, and also, if you are interested in more content from the Ultra Hope Girls, make sure you check out our Patreon. We have awesome episodes there. Maddie uh, does a psych episode. I do Ultimate Nurse episodes. And Caroline is doing everything. Book club. It's so great. We hope to see you there. We also have all the social medias. Check us out at Ultra Hope Girls everywhere. And uh, we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. We were at possibly moving to the hotel. Yes. So we have outside the hotel first. Let's do like Fuyuhiko. All right. Who I did not like when I first met him. I was like, no. all right, Buckaroonie. Yeah. Little, little a-hole. He kind of reminded me of Mondo, actually, yeah. um, in that it's a man who is determined to convince everyone he's a man with an extreme complex about everything about him. It's interesting you say that. He reminded me more of Byakuya. Um, interesting. In a lot of ways, because it was also the, like, layer of, like, I don't want to be associated with you, silly bellies, and then he actually wants to go to the party and you cry. But, Aww. um, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then Mahiru, which when I first played the game and we walked up to her, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That looks like me. I look <laughs> just like her. It is so weird. It's insane. I yeah. literally sent a picture the second she appeared on my screen. I was like, Caroline, it's you. <laughs> literally. What was I going to say? Oh, there's a quote from, okay, this is just another example of how I love the writing in this game. Like, I just think there are moments that this game is so funny. And one of them is when you walk up to Mahiru and the first thing she says is, hey, aren't you the guy who was squatting on the beach earlier and burying your face in your arms? And you're just like, <laughs> I'm just imagining Hajime like sitting on the beach. Like everyone's like, wow, we're on the beach, a tropical paradise. And there's like a floating like stuffed bunny and Hajime is just like sitting and crying. Like, I want to go home. <laughs> like, it's just hilarious. That's so real. And now we have our Lord and Savior. (laughs) Oh man, he underrated. I love Nekamaru. So underrated. He's like a great example of like a masculine man who is also sensitive. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That my feelings exactly. I love Nekamaru. He's a great character. Yeah. I think he's great. And my oh go for it. Oh, I was gonna say a little Easter egg is that I think um, in his introduction, it's implied that he helped coach Leon in baseball. <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! Wow! Yeah. Matter! <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's kind of interesting. That's awesome. Wow. 
yeah. we're gonna have a lot of Nekomaru moments <laughs> where I just say, guys, let's just appreciate. I'm kind of sad we can't say the four-letter word that he screams on this podcast. I need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Classic. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, let's move to the lobby. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. where we meet our gals. Peko, Peko Yama, and Nanami. Yeah, we're both, I think all three of us are both, are both. I think all three <laughs> of us are big fans of those two characters. Oh, yeah. I think. Well, yeah. we'll get there. Uh-oh. So, oh. I know, this is my other oh. unpopular, but let's, so let's start with Chiaki and I will begin. Okay. So, Chiaki is a character, when I first played the game, I was like, hmm. I, I was like, huh. You know, I, I don't, like, feel, like, strongly attached to her, but I, you know, at this point, like, I'm not really in the fandom, I'm just a really big fan, and then I joined the fandom and talked to Marin, and, and everyone and their mother is obsessed with Chiaki, and I was like, what? I, like, why? <laughs> I just, like, don't know. Chiaki is one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character in all of Danganronpa, Chiaki actually reminded me a bit of Kyoko in the first game. And I know I said earlier that Mikon kind of takes on the Kyoko role, but that's more in the investigation, I would say. For Chiaki, she is really the person who grounds Hajime during the trial. You know, she points out the flaws and arguments. And when it seems like hope is gone, she's like, um, no, you guys missed this very clear, incorrect thing. She's very intelligent. I love that she references video games in just about everything she does. She's like, this is an RPG. Like, this is this. And like, I I mean, think about like my role in the, even like in our discussions, I'm constantly like, you know, doing video game references and stuff. And so I just think maybe I see a little bit of myself in her. All right. Um, let's move to Peko Pekoyama. Peko Pekoyama. This is my waifu. I would die for my <laughs> waifu. I love Peko. Um, Caroline, yeah. I'm going to have to fight you on that. I also want her to be my wife. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty cool, but I just claimed Chiaki, so I'll let you two go for this one. Yeah, you we'll can just... have Chiaki. <laughs> yes! <laughs> nice. There are two things I want to comment on that happen a little later in the chapter, just because, but it's related to Peko. One is... When Biakia is taking weapons away from everybody, he doesn't take Peko's sword, question mark. Also, <laughs> Peko in the closing argument comic, you can see a picture of her pooping on the <laughs> toilet. And I, I love that queen. Nekomaru is trying to break down the door as she's doing Is stuff. pooping. Like, same girl. <laughs> Me too. All right, we ready for the restaurant? Oh boy, am I? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. But, okay. All right. Let's start with Y'all. Sonia. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> let's just start. Yeah, start easy. So Sonia is the character that I got on a personality quiz, which honestly, when I got it, I was like, what? And then I thought about it and I was like, besides being naive, I think that's pretty accurate. Like, I think that I'm very open and imaginative, which she definitely is and she's very like she's a figurehead leader and so she's very dignified and has a way of being able to talk to other people that i think i also possess so i see it i see it for me you know caroline is a princess yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah shall we move on to our absolute favorite character i mean i don't think anyone could ever beat him you know like (laughs) yakuya who um like tarotero am i right guys wow just (laughs) oh the second i laid eyes on this man's 
I was like, this is going to be a problem. I was like, <laughs> see his face. And it's like, why does he look like that? <laughs> I was like, I, if I have to look upon this face for longer than one chapter, I will vom. And thank God. You didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm not sure if this came directly from the creators of the game, but I've heard that he, like his design was based around a pig. Like his face is actually stylistically supposed to look like a pig. Yeah, yeah. And that also makes a lot of sense given the context of how he was executed. He's cooked, basically. Yeah. Uh, and he kills ham hands. True. Oh. <laughs> and he's also a pig when it comes to um, relationships. So <laughs> his entire behavior. Oh my God. The opening scene with him and Sonia, it's just like, good just God. Disturbing. But his voice is so well acted. Um, Todd Habercorn, if you are listening, I would love to give you infinite shout outs because it's so well done. And Akane even says in the trial, like something along the lines of, wow, his voice is so like, like, um, what's the right word? Like sensual, but your personality is so wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Ibuki when she was talking about hearing his voice. She was like, I heard his voice. It's handsome. Unlike his face. And I was like, Agreed. Todd, please come on our podcast. <laughs> we love you, He's Todd. a king. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah, literally. I wrote, I really, so I think, same with Marin. like, I appreciate the voice acting a lot more this time around. I still hate him. Bottom of the rung for me. I, he's one of those characters that I really, like, pe- people like him. I'm like, again, I, I respect you, but this one I'm a little, like, I don't know, because the way he treats women could even like it's like not consensual and you shouldn't have sexually harasses he's sexually harassing women and that is wrong it's not good um yeah the one the one thing i liked about teru teru um and i hesitate to even say that i like him because i like literally the sexual harassment not good really bad but the one thing I liked about the way his character is written is that I think he, we get a little bit of a backstory from him. We, we get like a little bit more depth than what we might originally expect. And right. it's, it doesn't make me like him more, but it makes me appreciate that the, the writers of the game put a little more thought into him. And, you know, he's not like, like Hifumi, who was literally just a caricature and had zero depth whatsoever. But and he it was just there. Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah. But Teru Teru, yeah. I, I I don't stand. I can't do it. One thing I love about his character design, though, is when he shakes, his name appears. It's like, I know, I know. Teru Teru Teru, like all yeah. over. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that creation, like, like creative choice. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready for the swimsuit scene? Can we just unpack the photo? <laughs> let's yes. let's unpack it. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I noticed is that um, Teru Teru has the same belly button as Monokuma. Oh my and, god. <laughs> and also, uh, Teru Teru is canonically bi. Um, as he is. He, yes. And Nekomaru are confirmed? Question mark. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Literally, when he's like, hey, anyone want some suntan lotion? And then Nekomaru <laughs> was like, oh, you're, you're quite considerate. Like, and, like 
whatever, like, please do give me your sunscreen. And then Teru Teru is like, he's like, oh, rubbing lotion on a muscular man. Like, okay. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I think it's Mahiru who says something like, um, I don't know who calls him out maybe for being like a perv or whatever. And then he like is weird to her. And I don't remember what the exact quote is. But then after Teru Teru uh, says something like kind of pervy to Mahiru, Nekomaru goes, what is this feeling of intense bloodlust? And I'm just like... <laughs> like yes! <laughs> I took that, I interpreted that more in a way of like, he wants to punch Teru Teru in the face for not respecting women. But maybe, That's I don't know. I interpreted it. That is not how I interpreted it. <laughs> Thus my Teru Teru and Nekomaru confirmed. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that version too. Uh, let's put Teru Teru in his place. <laughs> also, Gundam is building a sandcastle. I know! <laughs> That's so cute. It's so cute. And I think maybe he's building a sandcastle for his hamsters to live in. Until it gets swept away by the tide. But you know, everything is ephemeral, so it's fine. That was so cute. That was wholesome. This game, I think one of the things it really does differently too is I feel like I know more right off the bat, like the dynamic between everybody a little more. Like I I understand some of the relationships forming like very early on, more so than in the first game, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. And in this game, we see the literal storm clouds roll in when Monokuma is about to appear. He's here. Yeah. Manakuma is here. That's Ooh. his little jingle. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I think every time we have an episode now, you should just like sing that. Yeah. Manakuma is here. <laughs> Ooh. He is back. And All he right. has not changed. The first his personality thing I noticed with Manakuma, and it is one of the first lines, is that Byakuya doesn't know who Manakuma is. He's yeah. like, who is this? And I'm like, buddy yeah wait <laughs> yeah similarly one of the first things monokuma says to everybody is and I, I didn't know if who it was to if it was to monami or what he says long time no see guys yeah i was like what? and we do <laughs> find out later that they've had their memories erased they give us that right off the bat so clearly there is something i wrote that missing. quote down <laughs> Every plot twist from the end of the first game is immediately given to us at the beginning of the second game, which that's how you know this is going to be a different bag in a lot of ways. So Monami erased all their memories and Monokuma says, only a total hack would wait until the end of a story to reveal that cliched twist. (laughs) It's like, what? Break that wall. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, why don't you? Really? All right. The next thing I have is Monokuma breaking Monami's magic stick. Basically, he just kind of takes over power. um, And he says, quote, I'm going to make you in my image, which is a direct quote from the Bible. Um, Yeah, oh my God. He has a severe God complex. Um, I mean, holy cow. We know that from the first game, I think. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see that carry on. Yeah, and we see, uh, like, like I... Like I like briefly mentioned, I said like, oh yeah, Monokuma's personality has not changed, clearly. Um, and the god complex, from at least in the context of the first game, is kind of 
deserved almost like we saw you know at that point junko was controlling monokuma we saw how much power she had as the ultimate despair like to unleash her plan or whatever um and now we don't know why monokuma's back we don't know who or what is controlling him if anyone is but that feeling is still there that there's this there that there is power behind monokuma oh yeah yeah I was just going to share, this is kind of like a general note um, about the game, but one of the things that I didn't love about this game in particular was I feel like there was a lot of time wasted in this trial and like extra padding of just Monami and Monokuma like bantering. I don't love that. I, I, yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I will I say, kind of, feel you. kind of explaining that a little bit, I agree i really didn't love it even by the end of the first trial but every one of those like moves that they use that monokuma uses against monami is a reference to a shonen anime um and so that is a type of anime where the main character is like a male protagonist they're usually ages 12 to 18 like very young male um aesthetic there um like Naruto, Attack on Titan, Full Metal Alchemist, those types. And so like all of those moves are references. And so if you're a big like anime fan who's watched like all of those, then it might mean a little bit more. Yeah, it's um, like and a that's Easter not egg. Yeah, that's not me saying that I understood them all because I don't. <laughs> but like it was tedious to me to watch those. But I think it's kind of like fun, like Maddie said, little Easter eggs for people who who have. I have a note about um Monami's execution, I suppose. <laughs> um, just crazy, like, right off the bat, I think this game definitely ups the absurdity factor, um, as, even as well with the reveal of the mono beasts and whatnot. Um, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit more. But, like, Monokuma, like, literally guns down Monami to set an example, right? And it's kind of a little bit mirrored to how, like, Junko killed Mukuro to set an example in the beginning, especially when you consider that Monokuma is calling Monami his little sister. Kind of like a weird parallel there. Um, Also, I liked the detail that they added. It's a very, very brief moment, but it felt very intentional where there was a moment where like a little shard flew by Hajime's face and cut him on the cheek. And just like he bled a little bit and he's his face is just like, whoa, what's going on? And for me, that was kind of an important detail because it was like the reality check almost. It's like pinching yourself to making to make sure you're not dreaming. You've like the first blood literally has been drawn. And even though it's not a serious injury, like he's now been hurt and he's like, oh shoot, like this is real. This is actually happening. I love that. And also I think that just speaks to like, I could tell right off the bat when I started playing this game that this is like, whether you like the first game better or not, the second game is just such a step up from the first. Like the dialogue, I really just think is very strong. The music slappeth. The music. Oh my gosh. So good. Like, like, and I'm not saying it's bad in the first game, but like you can, t- it just feels a little elevated. Like everything feels a little like po- more polished, I guess is the word. I agree with you, ways. Caroline. All right, so the next thing I have is I thought it was super interesting to judge how everyone reacts to Monokuma's arrival and presence because I wrote down, they actually, I don't know if this was on purpose, but they went through uh, the Kubler-Ross grief cycle in terms of what they were saying. 
almost in exact order. It was insane. So that cycle, um, if you aren't sure, is denial, anger, depression slash helplessness, bargaining slash like struggling to find reason and meaning, and then acceptance. And it was insane. So if you don't mind me like going through those real quick, it's just- Yes, please do. I missed that. And that is really interesting. Yeah. So the first one's denial and it's Teru Teru who says, I won't believe. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And we see that throughout the entire thing is his denial of the truth or maybe debatably his acceptance by the end. Um, then we have anger, which is Nekomaru, who says, what the hell can we do? Um, then depression and helplessness, which is Kazuichi, who says, why is something impossible happening? <laughs> and then bargaining slash struggling to find meaning, which is Byakuya, who says, well, it's not really impossible. They must be machines. And then Hajime says, it became undeniably real. Everyone was forced to admit the truth of what he'd just said. It was insane. It was like, like really that? rapid fire wow. group cycle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's bananas. Oh, yeah. man. Monokuma out here causing despair. <laughs> yeah. That's, he really be out here. That'd be what he do. Mm. <laughs> So he goes through the rules of the murder game and the last one, kind of like, I think exactly like the first game is additional rules may be added at the headmaster's discretion. And that really reminded me of Animal Farm by George Orwell. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the rules on the wall. Um, If you have not read that book, listeners, I highly recommend it, but it is a little depressing. Um, (laughs) But the last rule on the end of the board, like once like the pigs kind of take over is that more rules can be added as we see fit basically and so like that is kind of interesting on the take of like how animal farm kind of mirrors dong and rumpa or i guess vice versa since animal farm came out first but um (laughs) animal farm was based off dong and rumpa yeah yeah you you hear (laughs) you heard it here first yeah and then it's the next day and we're in chapter one according to my notes yeah yeah Yep, yep I have I have chapter one, and then my very first note says Nagito respects women, because at one point when Teru Teru is being a creep, Nagito looks at him and he's like, "I better not hear you say something like that again." And like it's Nagito, so he says it in like a laughing way because he doesn't take anything seriously. Like, <laughs> I better not hear you say that again. But like, still, he tells him off, and I'm like, I kind of appreciate it. Yeah. That- Yup, yup, you said, Maddie, really reminded me of Chiaki's, hey, hey. (laughs) Hey, hey. hey. So, Byakuya nominates himself as the leader. Leader. So, one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, like, that was something that really caught me off guard, how quickly everyone was like, okay. Like, no one was like, what? No. Like, one person was, and then everyone was like, okay, I guess he's the leader. Like, what? What? Is everyone cool with that? Like, really quickly. I actually um, thought that that was pretty fair. I I think that, so my my note on that actually says, the ultimate CEO is back, babies. Um, (laughs) Because that's literally, like, what he's doing. He's taking on that role again, like we saw towards the end of Trigger Happy Havoc, whereas in the beginning, he's very much the loner. And then towards the end, he takes over. And in this game, he takes over right away. And so, but I think that, like, it kind of makes sense that other people just kind of went with it because I think in this kind of situation where, you know, they're all scared, they have no idea what's going on. They don't know each other. They 
to have someone just step up immediately and say, okay, like I'm going to take charge. Here's what we're going to do is probably really reassuring. And I think if I were in that situation, I might like go along with that. I might kind of cling to that and be like, okay, phew, this is a relief. We actually have someone who's like kind of taking the reins and looking out for us. And it, to me, that would almost be like comforting in a way. And so I can see why that worked in that scenario. No, I hear you. And like, yeah, I, I also wanted to say, I feel like Biakia, I don't know, like, you know, we find out later that they have lost their memories, according to Monokuma. Um, and it's interesting that Biakia feels like he's Biakia post game one. Like, I mean, he, like he's, he, after all that growth right. in yeah. a way, right? Like, cause he's not like, he has, he's like high and mighty, but he is like protecting them. Like he literally is out here, like tasting like poison, potentially poisoned food. Like he's like, it's not poisoned. I ate it. Like, and he's like <laughs> sacrificing himself for the group. And I'm like, okay, Biakia is like, he is po- like post game one Biakia. You know, he's gone through the character development. Yeah. The implication is that he goes through pretty much the same character arc twice. You know what I mean? Like he loses his memory is good. Then he loses his memory is good. And yeah. so like that really speaks to his character, I would say. Um, I mean, the ability of someone to f- fail or to start at a failure point and become good twice is uncommon, I would argue. Um, yeah, but I actually, for that conversation with Mahiru, where she was like, well, why do you get to be the leader? And like, Sonia should be the leader. And Sonia's like, perish the thought. <laughs> and she goes, I'm just a figurehead. I was like, well, self-awareness queen. <laughs> Love her. I, have, I actually have a quote from Sonia that was just like some really deep stuff. I uh, probably wrote down the same quote. Yeah. yeah do you, Caroline, do you want to read it? Say it at the same time. Society. <laughs> yeah. Is it the same? It's the same one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking this could be the quote of the episode. Ooh. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Oh my gosh. It could be. Huh. Yeah. I have another one that could also be a contender that happens in the trial, but we'll get there when we get there. Society is much like fruit. Once it matures, it is inevitable that it will eventually rot. It's very interesting. Muy interesante. Yeah. I love that quote. I think that's so good. And like, it speaks to her knowledge as a leader, even if she doesn't want to like be Biakia's role in this, you know, like she's there and she's ready to support and like, she knows what happens to society. I don't know. That's pretty, pretty deep. She's smart. Like, I think people don't give her enough credit for how smart she is. Plus I have to say, I didn't love Mahiru in that scene because she would like it reminded me a little of peter and the Starcatcher. i was gonna say prentice yes literally there's a character <laughs> in peter and the Starcatcher. if you guys have never um seen it or heard it uh, or anything like that um but prentice is like peter pan why does he get to be the leader i'm the leader and like girls can't be leaders and like just basically all this like sexist who can be the leader kind of stuff and like I don't know yeah I feel like it sounds like I really hate Mahiru but I don't I just <laughs> wish she was portrayed differently Peter and the Starcatcher <laughs> was our senior year show in high school go yeah. team all right everybody so for today's bedwed behead we are doing all those involved sort of with the food slash intestinal problems so we have Akane <laughs> <laughs> that's the word i'd use <laughs> i liked it that's a good intro yeah, okay thank you yeah so we have akane 
loves to eat food. Pecco, who, you know, <laughs> was trapped in the bathroom for an extended period of time. And then Nekumaro, who needs to use the bathroom that Pecco was in. So let's let's break this down, kids. I'm excited <laughs> to have new characters and not have to do this thing. I know, people. I'm so excited. <laughs> and now we can name generator with like multiple seasons. Yeah, yeah. that's true. This one is hard for me because I love all three of these characters. I think I have my answer, actually. Um, it's true. This is not an easy one because all three would be really fun, you know, to hang with. But I would wed Nekomaru because he is me. And I'd like to wed myself as the narcissist I am. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just think he's very caring and he knows how to communicate and like be a friend. And that's a great thing to have, you know, in a partner. So him. Um, then I would bed Pecco because yeah do I need to explain that one I don't think I do I (laughs) feel like that's self-explanatory thank you and then I would behead Akane which is so sad oh she's she's really good but I I think Pekka would probably beat her out I have mine and I think I I don't know actually I was gonna say I think Maddie and I might have the same answer but I don't know if that will be true we'll see we'll see I would wed Pekka because she is my waifu literally I met her for the first time the first time I played the game and I was like that's the love of my life (laughs) <laughs> um and so that is how why that would happen akane i would bed i feel like she and i would have good chemistry and i think that it would be really fun and then i love nekumaru so much but we have more of a bros vibe you know and so i would choose to be bros <sighs> nekumaru i know Marin. <laughs> i'm just <laughs> a really hefty breathy sigh that you just released <laughs> Um, I wanted I would, to make sure it was audible. <laughs> you said, <sighs> <laughs> and then I would behead Nakamaro because I cannot see him in either of those settings for me. Caroline, you and I actually do have the same answer. I had a feeling that um, <laughs> I would bet Akane. Um, I would wed Peko. I really like Peko. Um, a lot and I want her to teach me how to use swords and be really awesome um and then I uh it breaks my heart to do it but I would probably be head Nekomaru because like Caroline said yeah I can't envision either of those other two for us and I love Nekomaru but um my gals my two gals I love them I love Pekka and Akane so much I'm sorry I gotta respect whammon um <laughs> I, I think i would go with that but it would it would break my heart we need we need to have like a bed wed befriend option you guys look Aww. so disgusted <laughs> no i thought it was kind of cute actually <laughs> Mary, the face was like <laughs> <laughs> you looked um, so disappointed and no, it's fine guys it's fine <laughs> screech um all right that's very valid though i only respect women 50 percent, i guess <laughs> <laughs> no Marin, you do respect women thank you it's all good thank you, Marin. Oh, thank you. Yeah. all righty everyone that is all we have for you today um the beginning of this game is just has so much going on that we're actually splitting it into two episodes. So to hear our concluding thoughts on chapter one of Goodbye Despair, tune in next week for part two of this episode.
check us out on social media. We are Ultra Hope Girls pretty much everywhere. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. We're even on Amino, so you can check us out there too. We also have a website, ultrahopegirls.com. You can contact us there and you will also find a link to our Redbubble page where we have merch. And if you have comments that you want to have the chance to have featured in our episode, feel free to leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm. And lastly, we do have a Patreon, so definitely check us out there. We release bonus episodes on there. We have deleted scenes from other episodes that we've had to cut for time, as well as um, you have the chance to join a Discord server with all of us and our patrons. So it's a good time. Check it out. And we can't wait to see you next week. <laughs>